0: Welcome, everyone, to our February episode of Silas Speaks, Sila's monthly podcast, which is your window into what is happening at Sila and the securities and insurance licensing industry. Silas Speaks is brought to you by Rhodes Online and Sila, and I'm Alistair Yu.
1: And I'm Diana Ivy, and we are hoping that everyone enjoyed a little time off during the recent holidays and that you're back feeling refreshed and invigorated and ready for whatever lies ahead in this new year, this new and exciting year. And um, to kick it off for our pod this year, our guest is a longtime Silo member and our 2024 Silo board president, Paul Willis.
0: Absolutely. And we have a great conversation with Paul, touching on a wide range of topics, such as his time as an economist at the Fed, to going to Chiefs games in the freezing winter, to all the things that Sila has meant to him and his forecast for Sila in 2024. So stay tuned to hear our conversation with Paul.
1: Yeah. And before we actually get to our conversation with him. Alistair, is there anything on the calendar uh, this month? Well, actually in February for SILA?
0: Absolutely. We have a few things. So buckle up, get ready. Tuesday, February 13th, uh, there's the SILA Securities and Industries Subgroup Meeting. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then following that also on the 13th, there's the SILA Surplus Lines Subgroup Meeting. And that's at 2.30 on the 13th. On Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, don't forget, I think that's Valentine's Day, SILA Adjuster Licensing Subgroup Meeting at 2 p.m. On Thursday, February 15th, there's the SILA Agency Carrier Subgroup Meeting. That's at 2 p.m. And if you stay on for our podcast with Paul, you'll learn more about the origins of how that group started, okay? Thursday, February 22nd, at 10.30 a.m., the SILA Buckeye Chapter Meeting. So be sure to check your calendar for more details on all the exciting events that are going on in February. And Diana, what regulatory updates should our listeners be aware of?
1: Yeah, well, there's always tons um, on the sila.org website. I just um, handpicked a couple of them to mention for today and to really encourage our listeners to go check that uh the listings out every day. There's something new in there, some regulatory update. Um, I'm gonna show a little love to our FINRA listeners today. <laughs> uh, two, items. <laughs> two security items. Um, one is FINRA adopted a new rule effective at various points. There's, there's different parts to it and they each become effective at different points during this year, 2024. Um, and it's concerning supervisory locations, remote inspections and end of regulatory relief related to updates of office information on U4 and BR forms. So that's an important one to take a look at. It's quite long. So um securities folks have a, have a be sure to have a look at that. And then um Vermont, the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation adopted a new rule around annuity suitability. There's a, a detailed um memo around that a a summary of this new rule it's it's robust and it is new so i encourage um, our folks who have vermont annuity business to be sure to have a look at that as well Um, and then we got to show a little love to our insurance folks (laughs) so we have a quick update just on guam i think um folks who are doing non-resident business in guam from the u.s will really really appreciate this and we'll probably hear a big woohoo from some of them but um Guam is joining SBS in March. And so they will become uh, transactions for licensing will become available um, via NIPR. So that's a big change. And that should make licensing there a lot easier than it is currently. So shout out to Guam for joining onto the SBS system and and making themselves available on the NIPR.
0: Right, go so, uniformity.
1: Yeah, <laughs> those are just a few. Uh, like I said, there's every single day, as you know, Alistair, there's always very important updates on there. So listeners, have a make sure you have a look at what's going on there. Um, so, but with that, why don't we go ahead and get to our chat with Paul?
0: So we have a great guest on today, a special guest, Paul Willis, who's the Assistant Vice President Broker compliance at Access Insurance. More importantly, in addition to being the uh assistant vice president at Access Insurance, Paul is also the 2024 Silo Board President. Welcome, Paul. Thank you very much. Appreciate
1: it. Great to have you on, Paul. Great.
0: And Diane and Paul, I believe this is a first for the pod. I think this is the first time we've had the outgoing president as well as the incoming president right the past president and the present president on the same pod
1: possibly although i can't recall when we had sherry on but possibly we had a similar situation um at that point in time
0: absolutely but paul (laughs) you know great to have you on you know we'd love to talk about it we're going to get into the road to being the silent board president and i think that road starts in
2: missouri right
0: Yes, it does.
2: I was like, why am I in Missouri in Kansas City? Well, um, for a couple of reasons. I started at the Fed. It's been a long time in commercial banking regulation and doing ad trust analysis.
1: Oh, did you move there, though, for the work? Or were you always? I was already here. Oh, okay. I was already here.
2: So I've always been in Kansas City. Um, Then I transitioned into commercial, into mortgage banking. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, for f- a few years, which is a combination of federal and state regulation. It's kind of regulated at the state level, but there's also, f- you know, truthful lending and other federal regulations that also apply. Right. Um, and then um, moved over into insurance and again in Kansas City because um, where I'm located used to be an MGA called MediaPro, which is actually a big media a writer of insurance throughout the whole country, uh, film, TV, uh, uh, books, uh, all sorts of media that our MGA called MediaPro wrote, in, court in Kansas City, oddly enough, but it was the way it was. And then in 2007, Access bought MediaPro and decided to retain it here and have some corporate activities and staff in Kansas City, And I'm in Kansas City, so I got the position for this and um, started in 2008 for AXIS. At the time, we were using a a consultant, Andrea Ball, who was also pretty active in SILA. And that's how I found out about SILA. She was involved in it, and she goes, hey, you need to get involved in this. And here's what they do. And so I had my first conference I went to in two. I think it was two thousand eight mm-hmm. in Atlanta. If I remember right, and so I but you met were with
1: B- Access already when you yes. were with the MGA. Were you in the compliance or licensing role there?
2: I I was in. I wasn't with the MGA. I started with Access right after they bought the MGA. Oh. So, I started in that in this compliance role. We had just bought this MGA that had tons of business of small brokers. So we had lots of licensing to check out on and state appointments to file and kind of get that process in place. Um, and so I went to my first conference in Atlanta and met Bob Hamburger, who lots of us knew and yeah. know, um, and uh, worked with him. And other people, and so that was the beginning of my exposure to SILA um, so, for a long time ago, and well, uh, so I've been involved in it ever since. Let's let's take a few steps back, Paul. Yeah. So, yeah, you started
0: out in the industry working at the Fed, right? How did you get into the Fed? Um, you know, was this happenstance? Is it something that you dreamed about? You can't wait to be a quasi regulator.
2: My, <laughs> my my uh, education is as, as an economist. Okay. So that's a position that was available at the Fed. And so I was at college at the time. So um, I did, like I say, lots of regulatory analysis as part of that job Um, over time, mostly federal regulation. We have some state stuff too. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did a lot of that, traveled for a bit around this area. Um, Then um, they transitioned into uh, mortgage banking Mm-hmm. Which is was interesting because it was a, it was similar in the way that there was regulation at the state and federal level, but it's a different ball of wax in a sense. Um, and then migrated over to insurance, which is similar in the fact that this got lots of state regulation and some federal stuff on top of that. Um, Sila was invaluable to me to sort of get the ropes. Uh for insurance um and, and I remember talking with the uh, Bob Hamburger's staff members about how states do uh, appointment uh invoicing and renewals and stuff, and then I realized I always say you when know, compliance, never say always and always remember never to say never because. There's never something that always applies or never applies. The answer is always, it depends. <laughs>
0: right.
2: It depends. It's true. Lots of things. So I mean, that, Always, sometimes, never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that's why it um, has been so beneficial because I think I would be lost without that resource and people to call and talk to and get the and then, you know and I think that Sila has evolved a lot in the last fifteen years. Frankly, mm-hmm. we have a lot more content. You know, we have subgroups that are new and that weren't around back then. We have a lot of uh, resources on the website that weren't available back then. Um, so, really, the, the 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 usefulness of Sila to somebody who's in licensing in the insurance world. Is uh, expanded dramatically and is uh, sort of critical to, I think, one survival in their realm. If they're involved in a licensing role, they need to be up to speed on things, and really, Sod is the only way to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I think Sod has always been has, has as you're saying, you know, has evolved to perhaps you know more avenues to receive content. Yes. Right. Right. But I think one of the things that you harped on was, you know, at your very first silo, the relationships that you built. Right. The ability to, to form relationships and meet people. And then from there, being have the strong enough relationships that you've built able to pick up the phone, which people right. do, right? Right. <laughs> then write emails mm-hmm. and but pick up the phone and just say and ask your questions. Right. But I think that's still, you know, the through line from the history of silo just going there, meeting people and building these relationships.
2: When you first go, to, and you see that when we go, the of ones who've been around for a while, go to a SILA convention, of conference, and we kind of can see who's new to SILA, because they have this sort of like deer in the headlights look yeah. that i led had the first time I went. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, there's so much content here. I don't know if I can ever get it straight. Well, I think everyone sort of feels that way when they sort of dip their toe into the pool of data and, and, and information. And that's why having these subgroups while well, I'm telling stories. Um, I remember we were in, I think it was Austin, Texas, for a conference. And Dan Corden was involved back then, if you remember Dan. And he had a session where he had the carriers and the agencies in the room. And he put the carriers on one side of the room and the, uh, and the agency people on the other side of the room. I just had a conversation on various topics, and that was the genesis of the Silent Agency Carrier subgroup, which then was formed, and that was like six or seven, eight years ago. I'm losing track of time.
1: And year uh, over year, that is like the busiest, most popular session ever at silent. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, every I, I, time we have an open forum, it's like we run out of time every in fact. The last two conferences we've had back to back sessions. And we always run out of time at the end of those sessions because there's yeah. so much conversation uh, and raise so many different issues. And you know. Absolutely. And for our listeners who, who aren't aware and, and,
0: and may need to, to get a little bit of education, what the, the SACS group, the silent agency carrier subgroup, is exactly that, right? It's a subgroup that talks about agency, carrier, and their relationships, right? And how they interact with each other and their expectations of each other,
2: right? Yes. You know? That's a, that's a complicated area because it's a one-to-many thing for both of us. So I have, I don't even try, I don't even keep count of the agencies we work with because I probably get, you know, need more coffee if I did that, but there's a whole bunch of them we use. Uh, and then Diana and Ivy had a whole bunch of carriers she uses. So it's like we don't have a you know a, a one-to-one relationship. It's one to many on both sides. Mm-hmm. And there aren't easy conduits of information, frankly, to, to utilize other than what we sort of like trying to figure out in SACS. And also, I'll put a plug in for this now. We're working on, we have a directory at SILA in the membership section. We're going to expand that out to provide information on who does what. As a contact, so for example, me, I would put in there. I would be a contact for uh, appointments, uh, licensing inquiries, contracts, and some other things I can't think of the top of my head. So oh. that if you look for, I like oh, I I need to talk to somebody to Access about an appointment or something, and they I, I, I would, they would know. They would be able to find me hopefully and then see that I'm the contact for that area, which is, I think one of the issues that's kind of come up is, Oh, I need to call somebody at an agency or a carrier about this. I don't know who does that. And this directory saying thing we're kind of working on the next three, four months. provide that information. So that's another way we can sort of have a, a better, it's all about connections, you know, Oh, i feel like we're breaking news here this is, well, is this something that the
0: SACS group is working on today in terms of these yeah. directories
2: yeah there's kind of a subgroup it's kind of right like a task group is kind of working on that with the capes. and wow. so we're, um i think they're gonna send out a survey here not too long wow uh, and was it, it's
1: a great idea
2: absolutely
1: yeah
2: and yeah. It, it will
0: uh-huh i'm sorry dana
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say, that's a great initiative. And I'm wondering if um, now, Paul, in your new role as president, whether you have additional thoughts or um, goals for, you know, moving forward in SILA into the future. Are you having any thoughts about what you'd like to do?
2: Well, I think there's a, I, there's two things that are kind of uh, percolating around. I think one is to try to, we've always tried to do this, try to expand the membership role. So try to get maybe a little bit broader in terms of carrier agencies who aren't involved maybe in SILA and also get deeper into into the number of participants that are members in a large agency or carrier so we don't just have the senior people, we have more junior people involved as members as well. The other thing I've always been uh, concerned about, not concerned about, but well, a little bit, is is Making sure we have a development of leadership from the membership, especially the, the newer membership, so that we have a constant conveyor belt. That's not a very good analogy of people coming up who can lead, who can develop some leadership skills, be lead a task group, maybe, or co chair a task group, and then have some experience in silo in a leadership role, and then maybe move up to a subgroup co chair. And then potentially be a board member in the yeah. future so i, I think, think the, that
1: the subgroups are a great you know a great place to spot those shining stars because there yeah. are always every group has at least one yeah. so that's a great place for um people to to be identified as you know potential future leaders for silent
2: there i think there was an email this went out a few days ago from sala saying here's all the te- here's all the subgroups and the task forces available to be participate in. so hopefully everyone saw those and has signed up. I appreciate this all the time. please sign up for something so you're engaged. and then the flip side of that is I might give you a call to see if you want my co-chair that I, don't, <laughs> I shouldn't say out loud, but you know it's happened before um and I've had you know I've talked to colleagues who who are in, on the board or in leadership positions now, who four or five years ago weren't in that role, and their boss, who was active, basically, what's the word, mentored them into becoming more involved. And so usually it takes somebody to say, to kind of help the person see that they can fill a role, and kind of help them migrate into these leadership roles. So I'm, hoping that we sort of have that sort of mindset here at uh, SILA to keep that the belt of leadership moving uh, all the time. So. And,
0: and I would say participation in a task group, a subgroup, uh, you yeah. know, is is a great developmental skill just for, you know, one learning into the industry and what I mean, Issues there are, but also development of professional skills, right? Exactly. How to organize, how to do this, how to, skills that are transferable into other arenas in your life, right? And what I will say, maybe this is not the right word, kind of a low stress environment. You're not going to burn the house down if you make an incorrect decision here, right? Well,
2: there's no. We always say on these quarterly calls we have that it's a safe place to talk about things because. Mm-hmm. None of us know all of the answers and it's complicated. And so we're just sharing experiences and an insight. Um, but you're right, is that a good way to get involved in that? And um, I tell people all the time, I say you, you need to use the your use your silo participation on your performance review with your boss. Huh. Oh. You Things you do involve a silent, write them down. And at the end of the year or in the middle of the year or both times, whatever you guys do performance reviews with your boss, put that down as professional development because that's what it is. It's your involvement in trying to uh, enhance your skill set as, as an employee, as your position, um, and it builds up your career, frankly. So it's good for the company that employs you. It's good for you as a person in your own role, professional role. So it pays dividends in every possible direction.
1: Totally
2: agree. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely, right. So, Sorry. is
1: there any message you want to send to Sila members this year as you begin on this journey? Is there any any sentiment you want to give?
2: Um, I think that's. I think what I just talked about is the sentiment of like use Sila as a as a way to to make your life in your professional world in every possible respect, better. It's for connections, it's relationships, uh, it's knowledge, it's training, it's, debil- it's it's everything you can think of, frankly, that you want. Um, and Noah, uh, I sound like I'm getting a sales pitch, but nowhere else <laughs> that I know of can you get all this stuff for basically for, it's not free, but it's pretty dang cheap. There's a membership and the cost um, even for the conference. And The other thing I would say is that if you haven't been to a conference, try to leverage your relationship with your boss to get to a conference, because all the things I just talked about are benefits that come out of the conference as well. Um, And um, I think that people who haven't been to a conference won't know what they're missing until they go. Yeah,
1: that's true.
2: That's right.
0: And the location is not a terrible place either.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. I won't I comment on the board's decisions about locations, relations, um, attendance. San Diego is sure.
1: not too shabby. That is the next location. That's right. Yeah. If
0: people don't know, 2024 <laughs> is in San Diego, right? Yeah. And we have the dates. I think it's the end of, or mid October, right?
2: It's towards the end of October. I don't
0: have that before Halloween, but after October
2: 15th. So yeah. in between there. <laughs> and, and it was we were at this location in 2019. I think that's right. And it's beautiful. Um, it's, a beautiful it's, great. It's, great. it's great.
1: It's great. This year's location, well, actually, now it's last year's location in Hollywood, Florida. is beautiful as well. Absolutely.
0: So, Paul, as as we're getting, we're here on the footsteps of 2024. Right, I think we're at the beginning of 24. We'd like to ask some questions in terms of, you know, forward-looking, right? So at you noted that at the Fed, you were an economist. Any thoughts on how 24 will be?
2: <laughs> you know, the old saying is, if you laid all the economists end to end. And they still wouldn't reach a conclusion. <laughs> so, um, it's like, I have to have more data. You know, but <laughs> everyone was thinking that we would have what they call a soft landing last year, where we kind of you know COVID kind of screwed things up every possible way. So everything is sort of like right centering, right sizing, um, and sometimes there's pain involved with that. Particularly with the interest rates, you know, being high because as a way to control inflation, it's complicated, but. But we didn't have a soft landing last year, which is great. And um, so far, the the major economic indicators mostly look pretty good. So um, I I think that a lot of people have a pretty good, uh, pretty optimistic view for this year. And, um, and I, I tend to be optimistic, I guess, more than... Pessimistic about things because it's better for every th- everybody. It's better for everybody for everything to work out better. Mm-hmm. And it sounds obvious and tried to say that, but there's I think some thinking that people are, in some circles wishing things would be problematic for political other reasons. That's nonsense. So, so the data is the data are what they are, and they look pretty good so hopefully we can get
0: into that role right now should we have the same rosy glasses let's talk it out another aspect in terms of you know forward-thinking aspect should we have the same rosy outlook on how the football season will end <laughs> for the team in Kansas City
2: I uh told my uh one well, of my colleagues recently when the Chiefs were playing last week and I see him, like I say this all the time, it's a good thing I have heart medication because I am always stressed out in these playoffs games with the Chiefs because they fumble around and fill around and then at the very, very end, it's like, oh, my God, we made it through another round. So um, it's very stressful. Kansas City has high expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, high expectation is, you know, Super Bowl win or you or it didn't work out. Right. That's why we play the game. <laughs> well I know, but if if you've been there and you want to go back, then you have expectations that are higher than just, oh, let's get in the playoffs. So um so there's lots of uh expectations around that and hopefully we can keep uh progressing.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, you know, I I have envy. I have envy colored green, envy colored glasses being a Jet fan.
2: Matches no. are green. Right? You know, Hey, you know what? I told my son, My son, I said, I went to a Chiefs game in 1983, I think it was, I can't remember, it was back in the 80s, when the Chiefs were terrible. Um, it was freezing cold. It was like five degrees that day. I think it was the second lowest attendance in an NFL game, in, uh, you know, other than maybe a blizzard and, and uh, Buffalo or something, mm-hmm. uh, because it was cold and the Chiefs weren't very good. And so I, we've been through the valley, I told him. We've been through the valley for a long time. And so I'm more than happy to be towards the mountain now. I see. <laughs> Maybe that, that 1960s team needed a tight end with a
0: more popular girlfriend.
2: Well, I remember seeing that. <laughs> I remember watching the game. I was pretty young, but I remember watching that game where we won the championship in 69. I think it was or 7. I can't remember now. But there was a long drought in between there, so we're we're more than happy to kind of be right in the crest of it now. So,
0: Paul, we really appreciate your time joining us today and being a a part of the pod. But before we let you go, we have one final question. Diana, do you want to take it?
1: Sure. Paul, you probably know what this question is going to be, but we love to ask our guests um, who have had such wonderful careers. um, We ask them to look back on their career. And to see what advice you would give your younger self, um, you know, if you were just starting out today.
2: Oh, well, um, I'll tell you a story. I'll give you my answer in the story. Right. <laughs> I was taking all the classes in economics in college. But one class that I didn't think was interesting. It was, I took international economics and economic macro, 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 all that stuff. The one thing I didn't take, because I thought it would be boring as hell, money and banking. And guess where I ended up? <laughs> so I think this moral of that story is you don't know what you don't know until you experience it. And then you got to kind of explore new options and not worry about physically mm-hmm. yourself. So true. So good. So good. Paul, again,
0: thank you so much. Um, we look forward to seeing you soon. We'll see you definitely in San Diego, not sooner than that. And, uh, you know, thanks for your time today.
2: I'm very happy to play the, uh, be part of this. Thank you.
1: So, Alistair, another great pod. We'd like to thank Paul for being our guest and for sharing his stories and insights with all of us. Take his advice, take his advice to heart and be sure to join a Sila Task Group
0: absolutely absolutely get involved get involved with sila um and that said if you have any questions for us please reach out our email is silaspeaks at sila.org make sure to follow us on twitter at at silaspeaks don't forget to follow sila on our sila linkedin page which is the sila.org linkedin page and uh we'd like to thank everyone for listening see y'all soon
1: thanks everyone The materials in this
0: podcast are intended to provide a general overview of the issues contained herein and are not intended nor should they be construed to provide specific legal or regulatory guidance or advice. If you have any questions or issues of a specific nature, you should consult with appropriate legal or regulatory counsel to review the specific circumstances involved. The information or opinions communicated in this podcast are not necessarily opinions of
2: SILA and the SILA Foundation.